Day with the King is a 3ABN Australia television production developed to lead children through a study of the Bible and to grow in their understanding and love for God. We invite you to download your weekly study guide at adaywiththeking.com. So come on, kids, join us now and each week for A Day with the King. Hello, I'm Uncle Daniel, and we're so happy to have you join us as we welcome the arrival of the Sabbath day. Hello, Auntie Leah, and hello, boys and girls. I know you'll enjoy our worship time today. Hello, Uncle Daniel. It's so good to be able to stop and spend time with Jesus as we do here. I think Caleb has someone he wants to say hello to. I'd like to say hello to Joshua and Julia, who live in Alberta, Canada. Hello. Hello. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line and include a photo if you like. Here's our email address on your screen. Before we commence, Bethany, would you please say a prayer for us? Dear Lord, please help us to learn more about you this Sabbath. Be with us as we worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bethany. Auntie Leo, what's next in our Prophecy Treasure Hunt? Well, I have another Bible gem for us today. But first, do you remember the Bible prophecy we studied last week? Who was that about? Jesus. Jesus. Fulfilled prophecy like that gives us so much hope and trust that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. Bible prophecy has never been shown to be wrong. Sometimes false prophets and false teachers twist what the Bible says. False teachers say the commandments of God don't matter anymore. Some say the seventh day is no longer the Sabbath and that Sunday is the new Sabbath. But let's see what the Bible says about such people. Tamiya, would you like to get our gemstone from the jewel box? Wow, look at that one. What is the Bible reference? Isaiah 8.20. Thank you. Amber, could you read that? Sure. To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to his word, it is because there is no light in, in them. Thanks, Amber. This Bible gem tells us that if anyone claims to speak for God and says anything different from what the Bible says, you know that they're not telling the truth. Some people say the Bible can't be understood. They say that Bible prophecy can mean many different things. But we have been learning that true meaning of some very important prophecies that affect our lives. Prophecy can be understood by anyone who carefully and prayerfully studies the scriptures. Isaiah 28 verse 10 promises we will understand the Bible, including Bible prophecy, if we compare one passage of scripture with another. Here a little, there a little. Messages through God's prophets are given to encourage us. Later in our Bible study, we'll learn about two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, who were sent by God to the Jews who returned to build Jerusalem and its temple. Their prophecies encouraged the people and helped them get on the job of rebuilding. Let's see what the clue is in our jewel box for the prophecy. Tamiya, can you have a look? The true prophets always agree with the Bible. Thanks, Tamiya. So remember, that's one very important way you can tell the difference between true and false prophets and false teachers. In addition, fulfilled prophecy proves that God's word is always true. 
That means we can be certain about the prophecies that tell us that Jesus is coming back soon and that sin and sadness will be taken away forever. Thanks, Annie Leah. I hope that I never get deceived. Jesus promises us that we can know the truth. He'll protect us from ever being deceived. Uncle Daniel, Brayden is here to sing with us. That's great. Welcome back, Brayden. We appreciate you sharing your musical talents with us. Hello, everyone. Let's start our singing today with a scripture song, By My Spirit. Not by might, no, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord to me. Not by might, no, not by power, but by my spirit, you'll have victory. Not by might, no, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord to me. Not by might, no, Can we sing the seventh is the Sabbath of the Lord? That's a great choice. I really, really enjoy the Sabbath. It's a time that we can remember what Jesus has done for us. Let's sing it together. One, two, three, four, five, six days a week. God gave to us all work. Can we sing I Am So Happy? That is a fantastic song. Let's sing it together. I enjoy learning Bible verses in songs. It's time for us to listen to another exciting story of Dr. John. Hello boys and girls, I'm so glad to be here with you again. I'm Dr. John and hello to all the boys and girls right around the world. You know, I heard a story last Sabbath that was told by Pastor Dwight Nelson and I was fascinated. He told the story of a man who didn't have very much money he didn't have a watch and he went into a junk shop and there was a box full of old watches, dirty. He finally saw one that didn't even have a watch band. He picked it up and he looked at it and he said, how much? Five ninety-nine. Hmm, okay. Does it work? Oh yeah. Had to buy a watch band and he bought it and he walked out and he looked at it and he said, I've never seen that brand before. 
It's called a Jaeger Lacultra. So he took it to a jeweler and he said, can you tell me, is this watch worth anything? Jaeger Lacultra, I'll buy it from him. How much? He thought maybe $10, maybe 20, maybe 100. He nearly fell over when the jeweler said, I will give you $35,000 for your watch. He went in a poor man and he came out a rich man. And when I heard that story, I thought, I've got a box in the top of my cupboard and it's got a pile of old watches in it. And I brought the box along. And there are some smart looking watches and there are some rather unsmart looking watches and some old watches and some work and some don't and there's such a pile of them and then I saw one at the bottom I picked it up and I looked at it let me tell you the brand Jaeger Lacoutre. Well, I got on the internet and I started to look. You know, this is a very special watch because it used to belong to my father. And it had a very special feature. It has an alarm that rings. And so when you wind up the alarm and you twist it around, it'll make a noise. And I thought, yeah, just a little noise because the watch is a bit old. So I got on the internet. I wanted to find out how much my Jaeger Lacoutre was worth. It wasn't worth $35,000, but it is worth $26,000. Do you think I'm going to sell it? Because it belonged to my daddy. And he's been dead for many years now. I knew it was a Jaeger, and I knew it was quite valuable, but I never thought it was as valuable as that. And so we often have things that we discard. And you are studying your Bibles, and you are studying the book of Daniel. Let me tell you something about the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel... People think of it and they say, ah, yes, he was the guy that was in the lion's den and the lions shut their mouths and something to do with a big statue and a fiery furnace. But it's so difficult to understand. In fact, a lot of church leaders said, don't bother with the book of Daniel. It is so old and is so not relevant to what happens today, but it is. The book of Daniel is one of the greatest treasures because it forecasts the future. If you think I'm wearing a valuable watch, it is nothing compared to the book of Daniel. And you, as boys and girls, a lot of people say, you're not worth much. You're just a kid. Who are you? But God knows how valuable you are. He loves you. Thank you. 
Welcome to our Bible study. Do you have your Bibles ready? Who would like to open up uh, with prayer for us? I will. Thank you, Bethany. Dear God, please help us to understand what we read today. And please bless the children at home who have joined us in our Bible study. In Jesus' name, Amen. Mm, amen. Do you remember Jeremiah's prophecy about 70 years of captivity because of Israelites' rebellion? Daniel had been studying these prophecies and he knew that the 70 years of captivity were nearly up. Let's read Jeremiah 29, 10 to 14, and we'll start with Bethany. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. Mm. And verses 11 and 12, Caleb. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts that are of peace and not of evil, and give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And verse 13 is a beautiful verse, a verse that we should all know by heart. So let's say it together as our memory verse. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. Amen. And if the people seek God, will he deliver them? Well, let's take a look in verse 14. Thanks, Jaira. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations nations, and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. This prophecy gave Daniel and other faithful Israelites in captivity great hope for a better future. It also prompted Daniel to earnestly seek God in prayer, as we learned in Daniel chapter 9. The prophet Isaiah also foretold how God would free the captives. Cyrus took over the throne after the death of King Darius. Mrs. White says that the deliverance of Daniel from the den of lions had been used of God to create a favorable impression upon the mind of Cyrus the Great. Daniel showed King Cyrus Isaiah's prophecy, written more than a hundred years before Cyrus was born. Isaiah accurately foretold how Cyrus would conquer Babylon, right down to the detail about the gates being left open. Cyrus was deeply impressed and wanted to cooperate with God. Let's read some of, some of what Daniel said to Cyrus in Isaiah 44, verse 28. Can you read that for us, Shemaiah? Who says to Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, You shall be built into the temple, your foundation shall be laid. Thanks, Shemaiah. Ezra 1, 2-4 tells us King Cyrus made a decree to free all the Israelites so they could voluntarily return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. He also decreed that everyone left behind help with donations to aid those returning. Jeremiah, can you please read verse 4? And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God which is in Jerusalem. What rejoicing there was when the Jewish captives heard about this decree! 
people offered the returning exiles gold, silver, articles and livestock, and the king returned all the thousands of articles that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem 70 years earlier. About 50,000 people took the long journey back to their homeland, led by Zerubbabel, a man from Judah's royal bloodline. Joshua, the high priest, accompanied Zerubbabel. Together, these men took charge of the physical and spiritual needs of the people. Antilia, can you show us on the map the journey that they took? See, they had to take the long path because it was close to water. When they arrived, Jerusalem lay in ruins. The seemingly impossible task of rebuilding the temple and the broken city walls lay ahead, but they made a start. Satan stirred up lots of opposition from the people in the surrounding district. They tried to stop the rebuilding of the temple. For a time, the work of rebuilding ground to a halt. People spent time building their own houses instead, but God was watching over everything. He sent two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to encourage Joshua, Zerubbabel and the people. God promised He would help them. He told them to keep working and not become discouraged or give up because of all the difficulties. God sent a special reminder that success would be achieved only through God's power, not by man's strength alone. Let's read Zechariah 4 verse 6, the second part, together. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We know this important verse from the song we sang earlier, don't we? God had more encouraging words for Zerubbabel. Sai, could you please read that in Zechariah 4 verse 7? Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. The capstone was the most important stone in the building, signifying its completion. God was promising Zerubbabel that he would overcome the difficulties and finish the building as he faithfully continued to work on rebuilding the temple. Just as God told Zerubbabel that he would make the mountains of difficulties disappear, this promise is for us too. If we trust in God and faithfully do the work He has given us to do day by day, He promises us success. God also encouraged Joshua, the high priest. Through a vision given to Zechariah, God rebuked Satan's opposition to Joshua's work of ministering to the people's spiritual needs and teaching God's commandments. But God's blessing was conditional on Joshua's obedience. Antilia, could you please read the first part of Zechariah 3 verse 7? Sure. If you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house. The condition of success is always obedience, isn't it? And God will always answer our sincere prayers for the strength and courage to obey His commands. God took care of the mountains of difficulties, like the opposition to rebuilding the temple. Leaders from the neighboring nations sent a report back to King Darius Hystaspes, the ruling king at the time. 
They hoped he'd stop the work. The king ordered a search for King Cyrus's decree. When he read it, he made another decree confirming King Cyrus's decree and provided additional money and resources to help finish the temple. Isn't God generous and so encouraging? The mountain became a plain just as God had said. Now, Ezra 6 verse 14 tells us how much these prophecies encourage the people. Can you please read that for us, Bethany? So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophecy, prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. They had a big celebration to dedicate the newly rebuilt temple. Many were joyful, but some of the old people who lived in Jerusalem before the captivity cried bitterly because the new temple was nothing compared to the glory of the temple that King Solomon built. Nor could they understand Haggai's prophecy. Caleb, could you please read what God told the people in Haggai 2 verse 9? Sure. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, said the Lord of the hosts. And in the, this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. And Jaira, could you please read verse 7? And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The desire of all nations referred to Jesus. Let's see what our torchlight, Mrs. White's writings, sheds on this. Shemai, could you please read that for us in Prophets and Kings, page 597. In being honoured with the personal presence of Christ during his earthly ministry, and in this alone did the second temple exceed the first in glory, the desire of all nations had indeed come to the, his temple when the men of Nazareth taught and healed in the secret courts. Sacred courts. Thank you, Shemaiah. Pride in Solomon's glorious looking temple blocked their minds to the more important spiritual meaning of the temple and its services, which pointed to Jesus, our Saviour and hope of eternal life. At the dedication of the rebuilt temple, the people worshipped and offered sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins and thankfulness to God for all He had done for them. Although they had achieved much, there was still much to do. In time, the work slowed down again. The wall surrounding Jerusalem was still broken down, and the huge timber gates to the city that had been burned around 90 years before had still not been replaced. So the city was still not safe from its enemies. God, in His love and mercy, sent additional help to get things moving again. Meanwhile, a very dangerous situation was brewing back in Medo-Persia for those Jews who chose not to return to their homeland, as we'll discover next week. But till then, here's how you can access your copy of the devotional that goes with today's study. <sighs> what do you want? You bored? Yes! Look what I got! Whoa! Look at that! Every day of the week. Where'd you get this? A day of the king.com. Thanks, Matthew and Kaylee. Uncle Daniel, what are we going to learn next week? Well, next week 
we're going to learn about an inspiring story of courage in the Bible about an orphan girl who became queen. Do you know who that might be? Well, we'll find out how God saved her from a wicked plot to destroy her people. I think I know our memory verse already. It's one of our scripture songs. That's right. But let's say it once more together anyway. Ready, everyone? And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29:13. It is very reassuring that Jesus will always be there for us when we seek him with all our heart. Tamia, what did you learn about the King today? Jesus is looking after me all the time, even though I can't see him. Yes, and he's actually given each and every one of us a guardian angel to look after us all the time too. Uncle Daniel, is it time to sing our blessing song? Yes, it is. How about you sing along with us? May God bless you and keep you and fill your heart with love. May God guide and protect you and watch you from above. As Sabbath after Sabbath, we loves me because he has blessed me with amazing family and friends. I know Jesus loves me because he keeps me safe from day to day. I know Jesus loves me because he gave me animals. listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Television. God bless you kids and remember to join us next week.